Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Jill Taylor, your host for Choose Life Radio. And I'm wondering, have you ever had a sixth sense about something? Today, we're going to take a deep dive into a story of intrigue. So plan to stay with us the whole ride because our guest from El Paso, Texas has a complicated yet engaging story to share. So today we have Patrick Hernandez Sigurista coming to us from El Paso, Texas. Patrick, we have a lot to talk about. But before we get too deep into your story, hey, I'm hoping you'll just talk about your family a little bit, your kids and your service in the armed forces. Jill, thank you so much for having me on. I am uh, married, coming up on 12 years in August 8th. We actually celebrated a, a late 11-year honeymoon. The gift that you're supposed to give someone on the 11th year is something of metal or of steel. And I like to do things in a big way, so I thought, how much more steel can you give a woman than the Eiffel Tower? So I took my <laughs> wife to Paris. <laughs> oh, that sounds sweet. Yeah, and uh, we, we spent a week there. So if anybody's looking to go on the cheap, uh, buy your tickets in September for February. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have two children, a 10-year-old and a 5-year-old, Madeline and Daphne. They're both uh, wonderful uh, children. And you served in armed forces. Were you in Afghanistan? Uh, yes. Uh, so uh, my mother was in an automobile accident about uh, halfway through college, and you know I needed to do something to help her out. I had always intended to uh, join the officer corps after graduation, but because of my mother's automobile accident and the need to support her, I uh, I joined junior year, enlisted in the Army Reserve, and immediately volunteered to go overseas to Iraq or Afghanistan, uh, but I was chosen to go to Afghanistan in 2007, uh, where I served as a battalion paralegal and liaison to the International Committee of the Red Cross. So very high-level exposure to international law and the inner workings of detention operations at a young age and early in my career. Well, I know that you have a very strong interest in the abortion issue in our country. I think, actually, I met you at the Pro-Life Summit this past January. Yes. Yeah? Yes. That was fun to run into you and to hear some of your story. What were your impressions of that event? Uh, it was absolutely inspiring. During the National March for Life, there were just so many people, and the incredible thing about it was the amount of young people. And, you know, it's not just lip service when you hear the words pro-life generation. So I want to encourage every single person, young and old, to be bold, to be brave, and to be pro-life and to, you know, speak up for life because it was, you know, someone speaking up for me that, you know, that helped me come into this world. And at the booths, there was just so many, you know, different organizations, but all with one common goal, and that was to defend the unborn. Yeah, it was pretty powerful, wasn't it, to see yeah. how many different organizations exist and are very actively fighting against the abortion laws. And I, th I think we're going to see a turnaround. What do you think? I absolutely know that it's it's going to happen. The enemy is 
fighting, uh, they're clawing, they're doing everything they can to stop it. But, you know, the Lord's will will be done, and as long as we're obedient and faithful to Him, we'll be victorious uh, in this fight before we know it. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you on that, and I love that the faith-based people are really waking up to this uh, as well. In in the Protestant Church in particular, I love it when pastors really speak to this and address it so that the congregation understands what's going on. So if I'm not wrong, you have a very special birth date, uh, January 13th, right? And yes, ma'am. Tell me a little bit about your siblings. Your father and mother both uh, lived in the home. You had a, a good life, I think. Uh, yes. So I was born January 13, 1983, into a military family. But in 1987, you know, my father passed away in an automobile accident, and so I didn't grow up with a father in a home, and and my mother never remarried. And, uh, you know, God rest her soul, I also lost her uh, November of 2018. Oh, I'm so sorry, Patrick. That's okay. So I I have two half-sisters and three half-brothers that I just, uh, you know, recently found out about about uh, five or seven years ago. Uh, But I had lived with uh, my two half-sisters, you know, all of my life just believing that they were my full sisters. Uh, to me, at heart, you know, they still are. So you've got a complicated story here. So let's let's back it up so we sure. understand this better. At some point in your life, you felt that there was something unique about you that didn't quite fit the story of what you believed, that your father was your father. Yeah, so I'll just uh, take it back to the beginning So in 1982, when my mother became pregnant with me, it was by someone that was not her husband. And so you can imagine her dilemma, and she was going to kill me with an abortion. But of all people, her mother-in-law talked her out of it. And so because someone fought for me to have this life, I've made it my personal mission to fight for the next human being to come into this world. And so people ask, Pat, how how did you come to know that? And uh, it's a quite interesting story. And I hope it encourages people to be open to, uh, you know, what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And about eight years ago, we were going to baptize my first daughter, Madeline, and my mother and sister came up to visit for the baptism. And at that time in our home, my wife and I, we had portraits of our parents on their wedding day. And so I asked my sister, I said, Jackie, do you think I look like dad? And she said, well, you guys both have big ears and hairy backs. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> that's like 80% of eight of men. That's really helpful, you know. <laughs> and so later on that evening, we were hanging out in the backyard, and, you know, she said, Patrick, uh, why did you ask me that earlier? And I told her, you know, I don't know, Jackie. I've just been having this feeling in my spirit something seems off. And she said, well, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, so back in 2007, she was helping one of our aunts get ready for my cousin's wedding, this particular aunt was developing Parkinson's Alzheimer's at the time. And my sister told me that when she was helping my aunt get ready, that my aunt randomly blurted out, your brother's not from your dad. And so, uh, you know, I was very surprised by this. And, you know, was she talking that she... to her about this or just, just came? Oh, it just came. It just <laughs> came out. Yeah. Wow. She said, well, f- first, uh, she was losing her mind. I didn't know if it was true. And two, you're about to go back to Afghanistan. I didn't want you having that on your mind. Talk to mm-hmm. mom. So mm-hmm. the next morning, uh, I started talking to my mom, and I don't think she was ever going to tell me. 
And uh, she's, why are you asking me all these questions? And I told my mom straight up. I said, Mom, you know, I'm a mature adult. I've lived a lot of life. Things happen. I'm not going to judge you. And so she said, well, if you have to know, your dad is not your dad. And she told me that I have three half-brothers. And uh, she told me my father's name. And I found my father shortly afterwards. Uh, Unfortunately, it was in the obituaries. But the peculiar part of the story is around the time my biological father passed away was exactly the time I started to have that stirring feeling in my spirit that something was wrong. Wow. Wow. That had to be a hard conversation for your mom. Did you... Were you angry with her, or did you feel like instant? Well, you said you weren't going to blame her for it. You, but it's a unique situation. Yeah, I think that um, you know, as a soldier, and then also losing my father at an early age, I had, in a way, become accustomed to hardship or uh, you know, surprising news or dealing with those sort of things. So uh, there was honestly, you know, a little resentment, especially since. Uh, you know, my adopted father died uh, when I was only four years old, and I had always, you know, longed for a father. And you know, he was out there, and uh, you know, I had you know no idea. Yeah. Uh, but I, I didn't, I didn't hold it against her at all. No. Well, it's amazing that your sister heard that and and never shared it with you, or never talked to her mom about it. That's kind of interesting. That, yeah, that is that is very interesting. And um, you know, one I don't know if you would call it a, a quality, but uh, thing that I always, uh, you know, that, that I learned or took away from my mom's life is how to hold on to a secret. So that's not always, always necessarily the best, but in some circumstances it can work out for you. You know, it's a powerful message as we talk about abortion issues and so many women believe that that is a secret that must be kept. It must be hidden in your heart. No one should know about it. And that is just uh, opening the door for Satan to to just harangue us and do horrible things in terms of how we feel about ourselves and even sometimes push people to suicide or suicidal thoughts. And I can I can testify to that, Jill, because I could once my mother told me that or I discovered it, I, I immediately saw a burden lifted from her just in... Mm-hmm. Uh, her attitude and the way she was, you know, in the years after that, you know, there was a, a a little bit of a lightness about her, you know, that wasn't weighing her down anymore. And so for men and women who have participated in the decision to, to have an abortion, I would encourage them to do what the Father instructs us to do in the, in the Bible and confess your sins to one another. Mm-hmm. And uh, that it's very freeing, I believe. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. And I think that your story is going to be very important for people who are listening today and thinking about, gee, there's something I really would love to just share and make our relationship stronger and better. And it doesn't always have to be something as major as as an abortion or anything like that. Sometimes you just need to literally say to God, please forgive me. I, I did this and I want your forgiveness. And of course, God is the forgiver. He is the one that we come 
to. We're going to take a quick break here and come right back. It's been wonderful to talk already with you. We have lots more. So please join us on the other side. And in the meantime, I want to just be sure you know we have a wonderful website, chooseliferadio.com. And if you're listening to this and you want to share it with someone, it will be up on that website sooner or later. Okay, we'll be right back. Thanks for joining us today for the conversation here on Choose Life Radio. We are a listener-supported ministry. Your tax-deductible gift today helps educate hearts and minds on God's wondrous provision of life. If you'd like to send a generous gift and help us continue broadcasting on this station, you can visit our website, chooseliferadio.com. Click on the Donate button and follow the directions. You can give online, or if you're more comfortable, simply mail us a check. Our P.O. box is listed on the website. Choose Life Radio focuses on the sanctity of human life from conception. And your kind and generous gift today, well, it makes this broadcast a reality. When you make your gift, please indicate the call letters of this station. And while you're visiting ChooseLifeRadio.com, we'd love to hear from you in other ways. You can email Jill directly or connect through social media. And remember, all of our past broadcasts are available to you as podcasts in our archive section. So visit today, ChooseLifeRadio.com. Today's a great day for Choose Life Radio, especially if you want to know how you can get involved. You know, there's a pregnancy center near you. Find out what they're doing. You might be needed on the board as a volunteer, greeting people. Maybe even you're willing to be the person who talks about life with someone who's really struggling. So I would encourage you to do that. Our guest today, Patrick, you have been really interesting to listen to. And you are all the way from El Paso, Texas. So we're talking with someone who is in the midst of getting ready to run for office, trying to run right now for office, against a woman who is very pro-abortion. So we want to be encouraging you, and by the end of this program, I'd really love to end praying for you. And in the meantime, I want to get back to your story. You you have a little bit of a story about your DNA test. Can you share that? Yes. Uh, so uh, after discovering that my father was not my biological father, naturally I was curious to know my history and where I came from. And so I did a DNA test on Ancestry.com. And shortly after that, a genealogist reached out to me and said that I had popped up on a very large uh, family tree project and asked me if I would be willing to take an additional DNA kit. And I was very skeptical. So I sat on the idea for about six months. Uh, When I got the kit, I didn't use it for probably another month. But then I did do it And uh, very interestingly, it came back that my fourth great-grandfather is a gentleman by the name of John Church Hamilton, which just happens to be the son of one of our founding fathers, Alexander Hamilton. And that's interesting, but what's very interesting is that the three brothers that I have from my biological father never had any children. So had my mother aborted me, that would have been, you know, the end of the line, essentially. And it's not like one of these, you know, third, fourth, or fifth removed down the line. It's a direct DNA match, direct descendant. 
Wow, that had to be a lot of fun to find out. Have you done some history looking up on the things that Alexander Hamilton was involved in? Yes, I'm currently uh, listening to the audiobook of his biography, and just chapter one is mind-blowing. And what's also interesting are there are some uh, parallels between his life and mine potentially being born illegitimately, and then also suffering so much early on in life that what helped propel him to where he eventually uh, went to was just a, a very strong independent spirit that strived to be re- resilient. And mm-hmm. so in a way, I, I feel that that's uh, why I you know, am the way I am uh, today, you know, having gone through struggles and people really not being there for you, you got, you just really have to rely what you think is yourself until you realize that you need to rely on God. Well, you sound like you're very resilient. It sounds like you have that gene, and you are certainly someone who's trying very hard to do something right when it comes to the government of dealing with your 16th district and what you're going to do there in, in Texas. So that's exciting. Tell me a little tiny bit about your other siblings, the siblings you had grown up with. Are they embracing this? Are they okay? Yes. Um, you know, they're actually two of my uh, biggest champions. They're so encouraging to me. And, you know, every time I share uh, the story about how my mother almost aborted me, my oldest sister cries every time. But they also... You know, have always told me that we always knew that, not that I was different in the sense that, uh, you know, I had a different father, but that potentially I was destined for, you know, some great cause. Well, your your mother, he, of course, Roe v. Wade had been passed at that point, so she had the option of abortion. Did she talk to you at all about that, the, the temptation to do that? No, um, you know, even after we had that first initial conversation, I tried to have more talks with her about it, but she was pretty closed off about the situation. Mm. Well, I can imagine. I mean, that's very hard. It's a hard secret to share, and I'm sure that she was hoping for your sake that uh, she could have kept you from from knowing that. That's a that's a tough one when a mom has to share that you are involved with someone else when you're married. No one looks on that in a real uh, exciting way. So I appreciate what you're telling us. I appreciate who you are. Here's the deal that I really believe in, that God makes no mistakes in who he gives life to. And you have a purpose, and what you're doing with your life is very strong and very protective of women and children. And so I'm really excited about you running this race, and we're going to be certainly praying for you in that. Tell me, how's the how's it going so far? Are you getting some good feedback from people? Are you getting a good group of people who are interested in helping you get elected? Yes, absolutely. You know, I made a call yesterday, and a half an hour later, someone was giving me $1,000. <laughs> and so that that was amazing. We have contacted over 8,000 known primary voters by phone. I've had television ads running since February 18th, and they'll run up through the 3rd, uh, which is the primary election day. Mm-hmm. I've got 
my robocalls going. I've got radio ads going. I've got Facebook ads going. And before the election happens, we will knock on 2,500 to 3,000 doors. Boy. Uh, putting <laughs> push cards in people's hands. Right. Actually, yeah. this morning I was up uh, at 4 a.m., run in to go put one of my signs on the highway and before the day's over I'll switch it to the other side of the highway so people will see it coming home. <laughs> so you, it's, it's nonstop. <laughs> and a little more money would give you the ability to have a second sign so we want to encourage people to go to your website at prolifeveteran.com yes. and help you not only get the word out as to who you are and what you stand for but help you financially. Everybody who runs for office has to find a a way to get that funding so that you can do the advertisements and those posters and get them out there, those signs. So we'll we'll talk briefly about that at the very end. I just want to uh, check into how this has impacted and changed your life. It's a really amazing thing to have such a radical change at that age. Can you say what are the best things that have come out of this for you? I think... It's a confirmation that our Father God has always been very near, really guiding my path and protecting me. Uh, as, you know, as a there was really no parenting kind of going on, and so as a juvenile, I strayed a little bit, but never crossed that line uh, fully. And you know, when I did find out, it was you know just further confirmation that if you do what the Bible instructs you to, and seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things will be added unto you. That's step number one. And just serve with a pure heart. He who is last will be made first. And you realize that this life is really about serving. I've just come to a place where if I am not giving myself fully to my fellow man and the church, then I am miserable. I, I, I have to live fully for God. If I had a million bucks to give to, you know, pro-life organization, you know, I'd do it in a second. If I had 25 hours in a day, you know, I'd give the 25 hours. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's where it's, it's brought me to. And it's just so fulfilling to be on the other side of what most people think politics is. You know, they call politicians leaders, and that's not that's not the case. We shouldn't be looked at as, as leaders who are servants of the mm. people. And that's where I find great satisfaction. I almost feel a little selfish because I just want to serve. You know, I just, <laughs> 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 kind of well, that, that's, that's very interesting. We're not seeing a lot of that sometimes in the uh, national picture right now. But I do believe that, that that is the heart of most people who are serving in our government and who want to be elected. Yes. They really do want to serve and to stand for what we are asking them to represent us on. And it's yes. got to be a, a, a very important piece in your heart when you desire to serve politically. Thank you uh, for your story and for the things that you've been sharing. Can you share a little bit about that summit and some of the people that you met there? Uh, yes. Well, of course, you know Kristen Hawkins. She is the president of Students for Life. I actually met her just a week prior in El Paso at the Southwest March for Life. I had drafted a pro-life proclamation and 
got our city council to name a National Sanctity of Human Life Day here in El Paso, and Krishna was there for that when it was read for the first time in front of 2,000 people. And so I had the opportunity to see her again at the summit. I met the gentleman from the Veritas videos that exposed Planned Parenthood's evil dealings. Mm-hmm. David video, Delighton. The, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. yes, him. His pro-life message was amazing. Father Frank from yes. Priest for Life. Frank Pavone. I, I was just blown away, and we were standing out in front of the Supreme Court for what seemed like hours while women who had had abortions gave their testimony. Mm-hmm. And Father Frank was stood right by them. And to think that my feet were tired from the march and standing there, but the very next day he was going to go to California and do it all over again. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been wonderful to talk to you. Thank you for being with us, Patrick Hernandez Cigarista from El Paso, Texas. We've had a joyful talk with you today, and I'd like to pray for you. So if you'll allow that. Please do. Father God, we are so grateful for people who are willing to stand up for your name and to stand up for the gift that you give us, life. We pray a blessing over Patrick. We pray that you will open doors for him and make it possible for him to really represent your heart about life. And we pray for Texas because it's a state that's going to have a lot of issues. People are going to try hard to distract the Texans. So we ask God that you bless this man's ministry and we thank you for his testimony today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's it for right now. Check out our website, chooseliferadio.com, where you can hear past interviews as well as see the websites of our guests. So please consider also how you might support this program. We really do need your help. We're one of a kind. I believe that. So help us get the word out. Life is valuable. You know, you can also send something to us via mail if you like to do it that way. We are Choose Life Radio, Post Office Box 36622, Canton, Ohio, 44735. It's been great to be with you today, and we look forward to another week with you at Choose Life Radio. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.